welcome into timeout with lance i'm your host lance sampson wherever you may be or however you may be listening to this podcast welcome if this is your first time welcome if this is um your uh nth time coming back i appreciate you coming back and giving support to the podcast uh this week we have a lot of stuff going on we got nfl college football college basketball nba it's just all going on right now uh so let's dive right into it so week 13 in the nfl there's a lot of games going on there's only two teams with buys this week it's the buccaneers and panthers so all of their 30 teams are in action there was no Thursday night football this week, and I'll get into some of the wacky scheduling stuff that's gone on recently. But first, let's get on to the picks. First up, the noon games, we got the New Orleans Saints going on the road to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Saints are 9-2. and two. They have the best record in the NFC. Um, Drew Brees, the quarterback for the Saints, is still out, of course, with broken ribs and uh, collapsed lung. That's healing up. And uh, Taysom Hill started at quarterback past couple of games for the Saints and has done a fairly decent job dealing in. He's had a few rushing touchdowns and has gotten the job done. Falcons are coming off a blowout victory, uh, 43-6 last weekend at home over the Oakland Raiders. Um, I'm just going to pick the Saints. The line is New Orleans minus three, but I just think that the Saints will cover that spread. Um, I think they're a far better team than the Falcons. The Falcons are doing a nice job of Raheem Morris is filling him nicely on an interim basis after they fired Dan Quinn uh, earlier in the year. But the Saints are just way too talented top to bottom on offense and defense, especially on offense. Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, one of the best one-two receiver punches in the league. Alvin Kamara, top three running back in the league. Um, And even Taysom Hill, he's not as good as a quarterback as Drew Brees, but under Sean Payton, he's just been able to work magic with the Saints offense. And uh, I just don't see how the Falcons really keep up with the Saints. And I the Saints do definitely have a far better defense than Atlanta does. And so I'm going to pick the Saints to get to 10-2, and two, cover the spread, and win outright versus the Falcons. The Detroit Lions are going on the road to play the Bears. Of course, with the Detroit Lions, they this, this week they fired their head coach, Matt Patricia. He had just a terrible record. He was over a dozen games below 500 as the Lions head coach and the GM also for Lions got fired as well. Uh, Bob Quinn was his name. But anyway, they go on the road to play the Bears, who are coming off a blowout loss um, up in Green Bay to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, This game, I I feel like the Bears will bounce back more because uh, the Bears do have a pretty solid defense. And I will say that uh, Mitchell Trubisky... Um, he's not, he's not a great quarterback by any means. Like he was in the same draft as, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and he actually got picked, uh, as the number two pick in that draft and Mahomes and Watson were after him. So he'll, he'll forever be associated with those two all-time great quarterbacks. But regardless, the Chicago bears, I think will bounce back and beat the Lions. This is not really a game that you can really pay attention to and say, oh, this is going to affect the playoff race. It's just um, two teams in the NFC North that are just fighting out to finish the season. So I'm going to pick the Bears. Now this game, the next game that I'm going to talk about is going to be really good. It's going to be the 8-3 Cleveland Browns going on the road to take on the 8-3 and Tennessee Titans. Um, so this is obviously for higher seeding in the AFC. Tennessee is a five-and-a-half point favorite. 
The story of this game, both teams are exceptionally good at running the football. For the Cleveland Browns, they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, pretty much unarguably the best one-two running back punch in, in the NFL. And then Derrick Henry, who is arguably the best running back in the NFL um, in general. Um, also, I think the difference in this game could be the quarterback play. You got Ryan Tannehill for the Titans and, of course, Baker Mayfield, the former number one overall pick for the Cleveland Browns. Um, the thing is, I'm going to say the Browns defense is really, really good, especially up front. Um, Miles Garrett's coming back from, he's been back from COVID-19 being on the reserve list. Uh, the Browns secondary is getting better and better. Uh, Denzel Ward is about to come back for the Browns too. So that could pose the problems for the Titans who, unfortunately the Titans do not really have a pass rush. So if Baker Mayfield can uh, survive whatever pass rush the Titans throw at him and Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb can control the ground, I think the Browns have a formula to win this game. The key is is Miles Garrett and the Browns up front, are they going to stop Derrick Henry from getting like 150, 200 yards in the ground because he's capable of that pretty much every single week. Um I'm going to go with the Titans, but I do not think that they're going to cover the five and a half point spread. And I think the under, I'll take the under on the 54 too. I think this is going to be a hard fought game in, in Nashville, but I think the Titans will pull out a close one against the Browns. The Dolphins are hosting the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals season is pretty much over with Joe Burrow tearing his ACL a couple weeks ago. The Dolphins bounce back nicely against the worst team in the league, the Jets. Miami's an 11 and a half point favorite. Um, the Dolphins should actually cover. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably going to start again for, uh, over to a Tagovailoa. And regardless, the Dolphins should move to 8 and 4 and get the victory over the Bengals. The Jaguars at 1 and 10, one of the worst teams in the league, going on the road to play the Vikings. Um, the Vikings are going to crush them. They're 10 point favorites. Dalvin Cook's going to have a field day. Kirk Cousins should have. Good days with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson on the outside. Um, the Jaguars have no chance in this game. Uh, the Raiders, they're going on the road to play the Jets. The Raiders, of course, as I mentioned previously, got blown out of Atlanta 43-6 to after their letdown there. I think they were kind of uh, trying to regain their footing after that very close loss versus uh, Kansas City a couple weeks ago on Sunday Night Football. But against the Jets, even up in New York, the Raiders are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, the rest of the talented Raiders offense should bounce back and do just fine against the New York Jets, who are just playing for a number-one draft pick um, at this point, and uh, they're probably going to move off of Sam Darnold after this year, or at least they need to fire Adam Gase, like, almost. I mean, it's just whenever, it's just a matter of time the Jets will probably be 0-16 this year and be one of the worst teams ever in the history of the NFL. Um, the next noon game is the Colts versus the Texans. This is going to be down in Houston. Uh, the Texans are coming off that very, very nice win over the Detroit Lions uh, in on Thanksgiving morning. And the Colts are coming to Houston after they got absolutely shredded last weekend by Derrick Henry for the ground on the ground for over 200 yards and three plus touchdowns in the first half alone, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, Deshaun Watson, the past several games, I think he has like 16 touchdowns and no interceptions the past four or five games, which is a great sign, but Houston did uh, have some bad news this week. 
uh, Will Fuller, their home run threat at wide receiver, is suspended six games for uh, violating the NFL's substance abuse policy, which is a big blow to the Texans' offense. So the vertical threat that he provided will be definitely missed. But they do have other receivers like Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb um, who can get it done underneath Kiki Kuti as well. Um, and so Deshaun Watson, I think he'll still put up good numbers. The Colts' defense, I think, is not as good as people get credit for, especially the past couple weeks against the Packers and the Titans where they've just given up a ton of yards and a lot of points. Um, I'm going to pick the Texans to actually get the victory. Uh, the Colts, I think, are getting a little bit too complacent. Phillip Rivers and them had a nice record, but they're just slipping up as of a they're just slipping up as of late. Texans do have a chance to still make the playoffs, even though they're four seven. They they have to win out probably, and they have a lot. They would have to have a lot right go their way in order to make the playoffs. But I just see that the Colts. Um, are not convincing me, especially after the past couple weeks. So I'm going to pick the Texans to win. Um, this could be an over game, the 50 and a half on the spread. The line is Indy three and a half for some reason. Uh, I'm just going to pick the Texans as the underdog to win outright. Getting into the afternoon games, the three o'clock games onward. Got the Rams going on the road to play the Cardinals. Rams, they are coming off a loss at home against the 49ers where Jared Goff just kind of did not play well. Sean McVay, the, his coach, called him out, and uh, Jared Goff should play better. The Cardinals, they are coming off a loss uh, up in New England last week into the Patriots. Kyler Murray did not play particularly well. Um, but both quarterbacks should have a, a really good day uh, during this game. I'm just going to pick the Rams just because the Rams have a – Rams have one of the best defenses in the league that hardly anybody really talks about. Their front seven is pretty good. Their secondary is arguably the best in the league with Jalen Ramsey, the best cornerback in the league. Uh, so the Rams are going to move to eight and four, I think, and the Cardinals may move to six and six, which the card that's disappointing me is the Cardinals were looking as one of the better teams in the NFC West this year. The New York Giants are going on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle is a ten and a half point favorite. But something tells me that this game could be a trap game for the Seahawks where you just let the Giants just kind of surprise them a little bit with a few with a few deep deep balls from Daniel Jones. But I think Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Rock, Tyler Lockett, the rest of the Seahawks offense is just going to do really well. And the Seahawks defense, too, with Jamal Adams getting healthy, Carlos Dunlap coming back. Uh, I think the Seahawks should win. And... They'll probably cover, but the Giants just may surprise. It could be one of the – because every week in the NFL, you have this one game where you go, oh, this – I I did not expect this coming. So this could be that game, but I still think the Seahawks will pull out the victory. The 325 games, the first one is the Green Bay Packers hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Packers coming off the blowout win over uh, the Bears on Sunday Night Football this past week. They should beat the Eagles. The Eagles are just a mess right now. Carson Wentz is not really getting it done for the Eagles. Uh, the Packers should win easily. Patriots are going on the road to play the Chargers. Now, this is going to be interesting. Justin Herbert, one of the better rookie quarterbacks in the NFL this year, he's playing really, really well. The thing is, Patriots and Bill Belichick, they always have a knack for shutting down uh, young quarterbacks. And so the line is even, which means that the Betters don't really have faith in the Chargers to get it done at home. So I'm going to pick the Patriots to win on the road, but I won't be surprised 
really if the line's even for reason. So this game can go either way, but I'm going to pick the Patriots to win on the road. Sunday night football this week is the Denver Broncos going on the road to play the Chiefs. Now, last weekend with the Broncos was quite a story because all four of their quarterbacks um, were on the COVID-19 list because they tested, one of them tested positive and the other three weren't apparently wearing masks. So due to the protocol, they were out. And so uh, last weekend for the Broncos, they had a practice squad wide receiver start. Kendall Hinton was his name. And he was one and nine passing for two picks. Um, and so that was just really tough to see a really bad product for the NFL to put on. Um, but hopefully the, Bron- the Broncos should have their quarter, most of their quarterbacks back, at least two of them. But they have no chance against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Chiefs are 14 point favorites. Patrick Mahomes is just playing at an MVP level. He'll probably win MVP again this year, barring a disaster. Him and Tyreek Hill had an historic. Um, week last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay. Uh, Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns. He He's just the fastest player in the NFL and get behind any defense. Travis Kelsey, the best tight end. The Chiefs offense is just ridiculous. It's hard to stop them, whether it's through the air or on the ground. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is doing a nice job as a rookie running back. Um, and so the Chiefs are going to blow out the Broncos on Sunday Night Football. I don't see how the Broncos keep up with the Chiefs. Monday, you have a doubleheader. Uh, the Steelers are 11-0. They are hosting the Washington football team. They had a close game against the Ravens this past Wednesday. Um, that game got moved to Wednesday because the Ravens had a bunch of COVID issues. And so the Steelers ended up winning 19-14. to The defense got the job done. And so Ben Roethlisberger... He's going to have a tough time because Washington does have the best pass defense statistically in the league. But with short passing games, I think the Steelers will get the job done. And on primetime, Monday Night Football is going to be the Buffalo Bills taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Bills have had a couple weeks off. um, And then the 49ers are coming off that win over the Rams in Los Angeles. But the Bills, I think they're going to bounce back and beat the 49ers. The Bill Josh Allen's playing really good. Uh, Stephon Diggs, one of the better receivers uh, in the ASC, and the 49ers, I just they're just depleted with injuries still, so I don't think they'll be able to keep up with the Bills' talent. Lines even for this game, and I think the Bills are going to win outright. And then we have Tuesday night football again this week, 7:05 p.m. Central on Fox and NFL Network. The Dallas Cowboys going on the road to play the Ravens. The Ravens are coming off that aforementioned loss to the Steelers. But uh, I don't see how the Cowboys really compete with the Ravens. Ezekiel Elliott's been playing better as of late, but the Cowboys are coming off that horrific loss to the Washington football team, like 48-11 to 11 on Thanksgiving, just flat-out embarrassing up, up in Jerry world. But I don't see how they bounce back versus the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson will get back into this game. Hopefully he does. And so uh, the Cowboys are going to lose this game and just really cement themselves as a team that will probably pick in the top five of this year's NFL draft. And so, like I mentioned before, the Buccaneers and Panthers have bye weeks this week. One also note, uh, Dave Caldwell, the Jaguars GM, is fired, which was long overdue. The Jaguars are just going nowhere as an organization. They, um, ever since their 2017 playoff run to the AFC championship game 
they are just not the same organization at all. Uh, they're they're back to being in the basement of the league, and they just need to go in a new direction. Just get a really good quarterback and just start and start building for the future. And so that is the NFL for this week, and we'll move on to college football now. So college football, a lot of stuff going on too. Talking about top twenty-five games, we got a lot more games happening this weekend. A few less cancellations and postponement than previous weeks, but let's get into it. So the Friday game, first we got the Louisiana Raging Cajuns going on the road to play Appalachian State. I'm going to pick the Raging Cajuns to get the win. I haven't really watched much of them this year, but I have confidence on them on the road. So the Saturday games now, early games, you got number five, Texas A&M, which has been off for a couple weeks due to COVID protocols. They're going on the road to play Auburn. The key for AM, uh, they did win 20 to 7 Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving Saturday over LSU 20 to 7. But the thing was the offense was very, very inconsistent. They had a few long runs by Isaiah Spiller and Anaya Smith, but the thing was Kellamont's passing was just not really there at all. And Auburn, they do have a nice dual threat quarterback with Bo Nix. Um, he has the potential for the home run ball and the key for the AM defense was just top two in the SEC this year. Can they shut down the Auburn running game and force Bo Nix to be a pocket passer, which he's not a very good pocket passer. And can Kelman be just consistent enough with his, with his receivers on the outside and can AM run the ball consistently against Auburn's, uh, front seven Auburn's secondary is really the strength of their strength of their defense. But I think Kelman can bounce back. He's been doing really well this year. AM needs to show the, the college football playoff committee that they are still still one of the five or four best teams in the in in the nation. And I do think that they will beat Auburn and cover the six and a half point spread this Saturday. Ohio State is going on the road to play Michigan State. Ohio State only has four wins. They're ranked number four, and they're 24 point favorites, and they should beat Michigan State. But the big thing with Ohio State is um, since they have only played four games up at this point, they are in danger, especially next week if they don't play Michigan, to not be able to play in the Big Ten title game, which is one of the bigger factors in picking the four teams for the college football playoff. And so people in the Big Ten, especially the commissioners, they're trying to see if they can change the rules in order to have Ohio State um, – maybe play in the official championship, but if not, Ohio State could just play another game on December 19th with this championship weekend for the conferences, just play a team like Wisconsin and just have kind of like a shadow Big Ten championship game, and that would just be enough games for the committee to look at Ohio State and go, oh, okay, maybe. But then you have to compare maybe a 6-0 Ohio State versus like a potentially 9-1 Texas A&M, 9 or 9-1 Florida if Florida upsets Alabama in the SEC championship game. Maybe Notre Dame Clemson. If like Notre Dame, if Clemson wins, then how do you compare a six and zero Ohio State to like a eight nine or ten and one Clemson? Uh, so that's going to be really fun and interesting to watch to see if uh, the committee grants Ohio State their wishes. But um, we'll see how that goes. But. For now, Ohio State will beat Michigan State this weekend. Oklahoma State will play TCU on the road in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's ranked 15. They should beat 
TCU, North Carolina is going to host Western Carolina in Chapel Hill. That's a win for North Carolina. Marshall's hosting Rice. That's an easy win for Marshall. Notre Dame hosts Syracuse. 34-point favorites for Notre Dame. They should get to 10-0 easily. They already clinched a spot in the ACC championship game. Uh, Florida is going on the road to play Tennessee. That's the 2.30 p.m. Central game on CBS. Florida should beat Tennessee. Iowa State's hosting West Virginia. Close game. Classic mental shootout probably, but Iowa State gets the job done up in Ames. Indiana's hosting Wisconsin. Of course, Indiana lost their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., with a torn ACL. Uh, Wisconsin, 14-point favorites, so I'm going to pick Wisconsin to beat Indiana in Madison. Iowa's on the road to play Illinois. Iowa should beat Illinois. Uh, Tulsa is going on the road to play Navy. Tulsa wins. Washington is host Stanford. That's a win for Washington. This game is going to be really fun. So BYU, number 13 in the rankings, 9-0, is going on the road to play Coastal Carolina and 9-0. BYU's trying to get – got another game schedule. They got another game schedule to show the committee that they're willing to schedule their games and maybe get themselves back into the playoff mix. But uh, I don't know how the committee is going to be pressed with them. It's a 4.30 p.m. Central kickoff on ESPNU. Um – this is going to be a really just fun game to watch. I'm going to pick BYU to win, move to 10 and 0. I do want to see BYU kind of get a statement win against Coastal Carolina and show the committee that they're worthy of a minimum consideration for a New Year's Six Bowl and maybe even the playoffs, but we'll see. Oregon is going on the road to play uh, California. Oregon should win. Clemson and Virginia Tech is going going to be played in Blacksburg. Uh, Clemson, if they won, should clinch a spot in the ACC championship game against Notre Dame, and that's going to be shocked to no one. Al- Alabama, number one, is going to be on the road against LSU. This game was supposed to happen, uh, I believe, a couple weekends ago, but it got canceled or postponed, so this is the game. This is the day that they're going to play Alabama. Uh, 29 and a half point favorites. This is not your matchup of Alabama and LSU in years past. LSU is one of the, one of the worst teams in the SEC this year, and Alabama's fought far and away the best team in college football by a country by two country miles. And Alabama's just going to crush LSU. I do not see any way that LSU wins this game, even in Death Valley at home at night. Miami's uh, number ten going on the road to play Duke. Uh, Miami should win. Oklahoma's hosting Baylor. Oklahoma should win in a shootout. Georgia's, Georgia and Vanderbilt is postponed. Northwestern and Minnesota got canceled. And actually, USC at 3-0. Number 20 is hosting Washington State uh, late on Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. on FS1, and USC should win. So a lot going on in college football. The ACC, they rescheduled, so Notre Dame and Clemson don't really have to play another regular season game. So Clemson Notre Dame is going to be the SEC, the excuse me the ACC championship game, and basically whoever wins that game is in the playoffs. Like if Notre Dame wins, then they're in for sure, and Clemson's out. But the thing is, if Clemson wins uh, the ACC championship, they're in, and if Notre Dame plays them tough and close, then Notre Dame could be in as well. So the ACC is setting itself up to have two teams represent its con- the conference in the college football playoff. Of course, the SEC, you've got Alabama, Florida, and then, of course, Texas A&M. If Florida beats Alabama, then they're in. 
I think Alabama's really done enough and that has an impressive resume so far. So you can probably put them in the playoff no matter what happens. But if Florida, if Alabama beats Florida for sure, then they're going to be the number one overall seed easily. But we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks with scheduling, seeding, and college football. It's going to be a really, really fun home stretch this year. Moving on now to the NBA and also college basketball news. So in the NBA, we had a couple of big contract extensions go down in a trade. First with contract extensions, these are her, the LA Lakers. LeBron James had a two-year, $85 million max extension signed with the Lakers. So he was he assigned to the Lakers through the 2022-2023 NBA season. And Anthony Davis um, signed a five-year, $190 million max contract with the Lakers. And so, at least for the next three years, three full seasons, the Lakers have both of them. And beyond that, they may just have Anthony Davis. We'll see. LeBron couldn't get into the contract. But this just shows that the Lakers are gearing up to go go win more championships the next handful of years. Um, LeBron is going to be 36 very soon at the end of this month. Anthony Davis is just coming into his prime at 27. And so you can expect the Lakers to be prohibitive prohibitive favorites this next season to win the championship again. And you'll figure that they'll have role players, good role players around them for the next several years as well. Um, I don't see this year how anybody competes with the Lakers just to have them repeating again. But both players, I guess, deserve them to get deserve the extensions because they did win the championship. LeBron's fourth ring, uh, Davis is first. And so LeBron can just continue to mentor Anthony Davis. And then eventually Davis is going to be the number one option on the Lakers when LeBron eventually retires or just uh, slows down quite a bit. Other news, uh, DeMarcus Cousins um, is coming off a lot of Achilles and ACL injuries. He is, he signed a one-year contract with the Houston Rockets. And the Houston Rockets also made a trade a couple days ago. They got Russell Westbrook to uh, go to the Wizards and they got John Wall back. John Wall's coming off an Achilles tear and he hasn't really played an NBA game in about two years. And he hasn't played a full season in about three years. The thing is with John Wall, he is James Harden apparently did come out this week and say that he wanted to play with John Wall. But the thing is James Harden has wanted to play with a lot of players initially past several years, like, uh, Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, and of course, uh, Russell Westbrook. But in the end, it's just not worked out. Houston hasn't won a championship in 25 years. Um, So we'll see how John Wall works with Harden. Now, John Wall did play with DeMarcus Cousins uh, at college, in college at Kentucky. And I remember watching them back in college. Um, They were just absolutely disgusting together at Kentucky. They did a lot of good things. Kentucky is just an NBA factory, and those two are just an example of what Kentucky has put into the NBA the past 10 to 15 years. Um, John John Calabari has done a hell of a job getting a lot of uh, good players into the the NBA, and they've had a lot of success. But regardless, um, they're reunited on the Rockets. The Rockets have an interesting – they have a pretty intriguing starting lineup. Uh, John Wall, James Harden, you could put maybe uh, Eddie House – or Eric Gordon at the three, you have Christian Wood from the Pistons coming down at the power forward, and then you could have P.J. Tucker or DeMarcus Cousins at the five. So you have seven, eight, good nine good players for the Rockets. So the Rockets 
they're they're still a pretty decent team in my opinion in the Western Conference, but we will see. Uh, we'll see how well they do compared to other teams. Of course, the Warriors are coming back. The Lakers, of course, are on top of the league as champions. But the Rockets, I can see them winning another another fifty games. And if the Rockets and James Harden can work together, I think Stephen Silas can put together a nice system for the Rockets to run and not have James Harden be ball dominant like he's been the past four to five years under Mike D'Antoni. Have a more um, sharing style of basketball, I guess, with more movement, off-ball movement between players. It'll be fun to watch. I'm going to see how the Rockets do this year, but it should be very intriguing to watch. And getting on to college basketball, college basketball, finally, we have several good games coming up. Um, and we've had a few good games in the past uh, few days, uh, especially on Thanksgiving. Kansas played against Gonzaga. Gonzaga won by 10 or 11. Gonzaga's ranked number one. And speaking of Gonzaga, this uh, Saturday, tomorrow, Gonzaga ranked number one at 3-0. They're going to be playing number two, Baylor, at 3-0. Noon, noon tip-off on CBS Central Time in Indianapolis. This is going to be a really fun game for college basketball, just kind of have the two best teams in the preseason going head-to-head. I'm going to pick Gonzaga based on just their cohesiveness and the fact they're ranked number one. They unfortunately lost Jalen Suggs, their top their top recruit, their five-star point guard, to a, a foot injury. Um, and Baylor is a very experienced team too, but I'm going to pick Gonzaga to win that game against uh, Baylor. Other good games coming in, coming up in college, bas- college basketball. Just really fun uh, that college basketball is finally back uh, up and running at full at full speed. Uh, so finally, finally, the thing I want to talk about last weekend, um, Vanderbilt played Missouri and they lost 41 to nothing. But the biggest story to come out of that game was Sarah Fuller, one of the goalies on the Vanderbilt soccer team, ended up kicking off for the uh, for Vanderbilt. And so, you know, the media, it hailed it hailed her as breaking a glass barrier. I mean, good for her for kicking, but it wasn't a very good kick at all. It only went 20 yards and bounced 15 and, um, you know, and apparently she like was mad at the team for like not sharing. It's like, I get that she wants to motivate the team, but she's only been with the team for like maybe a week or two. So really she has no right to be telling them like what, because like, she's not, she's not been with the team. She doesn't know how they operate. And this, I think Derek Mason, the coach did that as a woke stunt and he's just on. And he sucked as a head coach. His record was absolutely atrocious. And so at 0-8, uh, Vanderbilt's done. They're one of the worst teams in college football. Derek Mason got fired this past weekend. And Sarah Fuller, I don't know. It's good for her, I guess. But that's just bringing a lot of woke woke attention to Vanderbilt. It's fine that she kicked, but um, she didn't do a very good job. And so um, that's just a mess for Vanderbilt to deal with. Um I guess if you want to get attention, you have to go woke these days, but we'll, we'll just, I guess anything can happen in 2020. All right. That's the podcast this week. Thank you for sticking around, um, listening this week and a lot, a lot happening this week. Um, finals are happening here at AM, and so it's very busy. So I got to get this in. And so, um, I'll keep trying to do these podcasts over the break every week because we still have a football, college football, with the bull season, of course, the NFL with the playoffs and then the Super Bowl wrapping up for February. So for the next couple of months, you'll probably get get an episode of this podcast out 
every single week. And so um, I appreciate you listening. If you want to support me at anchor.fm, do feel free to do that. I really do appreciate any listener support that you give me. And I will catch you next week in the next episode. Take care.